You're listening to Flaunt, Find Your Sparkle and Create a Life You Love After Infidelity or Betrayal. Have you been betrayed by life, your body, or someone that you love? You're not alone. No matter what you've been through, Naked Self-Worth helps you regain confidence, joy, and enthusiasm so you can create a life you love and flourish. Tune in weekly and learn how. Hello and welcome to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal. Today we're going to talk quite a lot about finding your sparkle and what that even means and how is it possible. Okay, let's start with the idea of what is sparkle. Sparkle is just that sense of joy, that sense of enthusiasm, that excitement to engage in life again. It's feeling good in your body. It's feeling good in your heart. It's waking up without that sense of dread, without bursting into tears at random points throughout the day, without constantly feeling like you're just getting through or you're just managing. Sparkle is really living life to the fullest, whatever that means for you. And sometimes I've had people push back a little bit on like sparkle and flaunt in all of my terms. And what they've said is, Laura, it's not about just being positive. You can't just go out there and flaunt and be obnoxious, blah, 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 blah. And what I always say is, that's not what I mean at all. That misunderstanding around flaunt and sparkle being artificial creations is just as damaging as toxic positivity. We should be able to literally flaunt who we are, our good parts, as well as our bad parts, our fearful parts, as well as our loving parts. And no, flaunting is not a license to go out and be a jerk, but that's the whole point. It's about connecting to who you authentically are. And people authentically are not jerks. We become jerks when we're in a state of fear, when we feel threatened, when we feel like love is being taken away or a job will be taken away. When we're in that state of fear and constriction, that's when we become jerks. That's when we start lashing out at other people and engaging in behaviors that are not helpful for ourselves, for others, for anybody. But truthfully, who we are inside is good. Now, there is the rare exception of somebody who is a true sociopath or psychopath. And again, that is not where this conversation is going. I am truly talking about normal functioning (laughs) because we're all a little bit crazy in our own way, but just the normal kind of crazy, the normal kind of anxious, depressed, fearful people dealing with with life. And life is difficult. And when we're able to flaunt all of ourselves in all of our experiences, when we're able to show up 
and express ourselves. That's where that magic begins. That's where we start to sparkle because we know that it doesn't matter. We can show up and say, I am terrified of aging, of getting sick. I just got back from visiting family members with Alzheimer's and I am so afraid of the future and I feel so hopeless. Where we can show up and be able to say, oh my gosh, I just got this promotion or I just had the best thing happen. I'm falling in love and it feels so good. Where we're able to share both the positive and the negative, both the good and the stressful from a place of authenticity. When we're able to flaunt every experience that we're in as we are without that fear that we're doing it wrong or that we need to be different in order to please somebody else. That's what flaunting and living your sparkle is all about. It's not about false positivity. It's not about bravado. It's about being exactly as you are in all moments and knowing that you're safe around that. Which is what today's show is going to lead into, that that being safe around that. And to do that, to talk about that, we're going to spend quite a bit of time talking about the inner child. And you've probably heard about inner child work and perhaps you've even done some inner child work. But I love, 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 love doing inner child work around the holidays. Whether or not you celebrate Christmas or Hanukkah, you know what it's like. You know that, you know, Hanukkah, it's the festival of lights and there's little gifts given and and that there's that, you know, the, the religious meaning and the family connection. You know, around Christmas, even though <laughs> it's around like the birth of Christ, it's also very much a secular holiday in that it has to do with Santa Claus and the elves and the reindeers and gifts. Whatever holiday you celebrate, Kwanzaa, Hanukkah, Christmas, you know that holidays revolve around children and tradition and taking care of children. And even in dysfunctional families, the reason that holidays sometimes are so stressful is because all of a sudden families slip into this happy family mode and they'll go from abuse, neglect, you know, emotional, physical trauma, whatever it is, to having this happy face around the holidays. And sometimes that's confusing. Confusing for kids, but also confusing for parents and other family members. But why are we suddenly putting on this happy face around the holidays? Which again is kind of part of this whole flaunt thing. Can we just be who we are if we're struggling, if we're in trauma? Continuing to express the reality of that trauma, even though it is a holiday. But anyway, back to the inner child. Holidays are geared for children. And everybody in their mind's eye has this story of what it's supposed to be like at Christmas. 
What happy families do for their children. And that's what we're going to move into today. Is some of those stereotypical ideas and beliefs around what you should and should not do for children. And then we're going to take those ideas about what it means to be a good parent, to what it means to honor and cherish and parent your children. And we're going to turn that around and have you look at it in terms of parenting yourself. And when you do that, you have both that stereotypical idea of a good parent does this, and you're going to look at it in terms of, am I doing that for myself? And then we're also going to look at it in terms of, what do I really need? Despite the fact that I'm supposed to do this as a good parent, what is it that I really need? And we're going to move into that. But before we do, I want to invite you to the most magical, amazing party of the year. As you know, if you've been listening to my show for a while, every December I do the Sparkle All Season Holiday Challenge. Well, this year I've decided that we deserve way more than just a single challenge. We deserve a party. And of course, the theme song for the party is Fergie, A Little Party Never Killed Nobody. And that is the theme for our party. That is the theme for our event. So please join me no matter where you are, any country, any time zone, anywhere, on December 19th from 5 to 7 Mountain Standard Time. So 5 to 7 Mountain is 4 to 6 Pacific and 7 to 9 Eastern. So hopefully from there you can figure it out. And if not, reach out to me and I will help you do the time calculation. Yes, it is on Zoom. Yes, it is free. All I want is for you to show up a little bit sparkly and a lot of bit comfortable. So whatever that means to you, sparkly yet comfortable. Now, in order to get the Zoom link, you do need to register. To register, go to www.sparkleallseason.com. Pop in your name and your email, and what will get kicked back right away is the Zoom link. So sparkleallseason.com, we will do it. And now, on to the inner child stuff. Okay, so let's get into this. Inner child, parenting your inner child. Let's begin with, why do you want to do this? Why does this matter? Like, we're all adults. We've all moved on. We all have developed what, you know, why why do we need to go back into that? Okay, here's what the deal with inner child work is. When we are kids, our brains are not fully developed. We can only reason and rationalize and process things based on where we're at. If you've ever been around kids, you'll know that at a certain age, kids can't distinguish reality from fantasy. They think it's all true. They see something on TV and they're 
crazy scared of it because they really think that it's true. They really think that these cartoon characters can come get them. They, they truly believe that Santa Claus is real because their brain isn't developed enough to distinguish between fantasy and reality. We also know that kids can't read super young because they don't have like the visual skills to discern the differences between different letters. We know that kids can't do math at earlier ages because there's that, that ability to visualize what does three mean and to know that like the number three represents three objects. So it's a little bit abstract. How do they do three plus one? Well, first you have to be able to visualize what three is and what one is and then see that together. There's all of these stages of brain development that we go through as organisms. And there's nothing good, bad, right, wrong, or fault-based around development. Development is what development is. We develop at the rate that we develop and no sooner. <laughs> so what happens with children? Children are naturally self-centered. And I mean that in the best possible way. Children truly do see themselves as the center of the universe. They're not aware yet of their place in the world. They're not aware that they're not separate from their families, from their moms. Toddlerhood, when kids hit the quote unquote terrible twos, that's when a child's brain, child's brain first starts realizing that they're separate and distinct from their mom. And while on the one hand, they're really excited to break away, on the other hand, they're terrified because, oh my gosh, I'm a whole person unto myself. I am in control of myself. And while that's thrilling, it's also terrifying. So when kids are young, their entire world is focused on their family and their support systems that keeps them alive and functioning. Because they're not really aware of this whole world out there. And as they start developing, they start realizing that they truly don't have a lot of control. They are at the mercy of this big, bad, beautiful world. And it's scary. And that's why it's important to be self-centered. That's why it's important for kids and why it's developmentally appropriate for kids to truly see everything in terms of their own survival. Okay, so you're a kid and you can't go to the grocery store and buy food and come home and cook it. You can't control the heat, the temperature, all of these different things in your house. You're just a kid. All you know is when you're comfortable and safe and when you're uncomfortable and fearful. Very early on, you realize that it's your parents or caregivers. I'm just going to say parents here for ease, but it's your parents who control all of that. It's the people who parent you, who literally keep you happy and fed and clean and dry and safe. So it is in your best interest to keep them happy too. While at the same time, 
you're going through all these developmental stages. So yes, you're having tantrums and you're falling apart, but at the same time, you also always come back to your parents as primary source. Humans need love. Humans need connection. Humans need trust. We need to be able to rely on the people that we love to keep ourselves emotionally safe, physically safe, mentally safe. And we know that. And that's where the problems begin. (laughs) Again, absent true psychosis, true mental health diagnoses, parents do the best that they can. They do the best that they can with what they've got and with what they know and within the limits of their own trauma and their own functioning. So when we're kids, when you were a kid, were your needs met? Were your physical needs met? Were your emotional needs met? Were your cognitive, intellectual needs met? Were your spiritual needs met? Were your needs for love, connection, and companionship met? No judgment against those who may not have met those needs. Just please notice for yourself, were my needs met. And if not, what did you do? You learned to cope. If you are still alive, if you are still here, if you are still functioning, you learned how to cope. One way or another, for good or for bad, you learned how to cope. Perhaps you coped by shutting down, by going within. Perhaps you coped by taking care of your caregivers, by fawning all over them and doing everything that they asked and keeping mommy safe and keeping daddy happy and whatever they needed. You did in hopes that they wouldn't trigger, that they wouldn't start abusive behavior or neglectful behavior. Perhaps you got really loud and tantrumed and screamed. Perhaps you started shoplifting or drinking or acting out. You just let that rage out in different ways. Perhaps you fought, became combative with your parents. You yelled at them. You had horrible fights. You moved out. There's all of these different ways that we as humans learn to cope. You became an overachiever. You got all A's in everything you did. And people said, oh my gosh, you're so good. And you are so good. Despite getting all A's, you're still, you're good no matter what. 
but that that was a trauma response. That was a coping mechanism to try to make people love you, to try to prove your worth. Trauma responses are typically categorized as fight, flight, freeze, or fawn, fawning all over people. And what I encourage is that fourth F, flaunt. Instead of fighting, flighting, freezing, or fawning, flaunt is a much healthier option. And flaunting is something that you do as you learn how to parent your inner child in order to heal. That's why we're doing that. That's why it matters. Breaking out of your patterns, your I hate to call them dysfunctional patterns, because a coping mechanism makes us functional, so we all become functional, it's more of a comfortable pattern. It's so we can sparkle, so we can feel good, so we can enjoy this life, because that's why we want to heal. Why do we want to heal? I'm already functional. I can be a functional alcoholic. I can be a functional overachiever. I can be a functional whatever, but how much fun is it? How much are you enjoying this life? Because to me, it's truly about enjoying it. If we're going to live, live fully. So anyway, your parents parented you. How were you taken care of? Were your needs met? In a betrayal and infidelity situation, what happens is your needs have not been met. They have not been met in such a primal way that it brings up an enormous amount of trauma, not only in the moment, but it takes you back to every single time in your past where your needs were not met, where somebody let you down or broke your trust or betrayed you. And what it does to you as an organism is it puts you into that huge trauma mode. I am not going to trust anybody. Nobody is ever going to do this to me again, ever. I am protecting myself from this point forward. It's all about me. So let's figure out how to do that healthily. Because the bottom line is you do need to trust other people. Our world is a collaborative world. Humans are communal creatures. And I'm not saying that you need to have a relationship again, but what I am saying is you do need contact with humans and there are relationships all around you, whether it's with your parents or friends or children or partners. Our relationships are everywhere. So let's learn how to do them right by learning how to parent our inner child in a healthy way so we can have that stability and grounding. Building trust with others begins with building trust with yourself. So the first question or the, to ask yourself is, where are my needs not being met? And to actually get a little bit granular with that. To wake up every day and to start your day with an awareness of what it is that you need. As you know, being on this betrayal journey, there are mornings that you wake up in a really bad place. 
and to be able to ask yourself to parent yourself as you would ask a child lovingly, what do you need today, sweetheart? Yes, you have school, but what do you really need? Do you need a mental health morning? Do you need some healthy food? Do you need time in nature? Do you need to be rocked? Do you need contact? Do you need connection? What do you need? And sometimes asking is all it takes. Sometimes just the awareness of thank you, somebody cared, somebody asked me what I need. That's all I needed. I just needed to be asked. Sometimes that's all it takes. So the first step in learning how to parent your inner child is to ask, what do I need? And to just hear. To hear without judgment. We live in a world that requires us to do things. If you're a parent and you have to take your kids to school, if you are working and you have to show up in the office, if you've got something important going on, I understand that you can't just wake up every day and say, what do you need? And then say, I choose not to get up and feed the kids. I choose not to get to get up and go to work. That's what I'm asking you not to do is to judge it. I'm asking you to start the day and say, what do you need? And then to hear without judgment. If what you need is to take a walk in nature, give yourself that in-breath. Yes, that's what I need. And then that out-breath of yes, that's what I need. When you feel those thoughts of, but, but I can't do that, but I can't do that, but, I, but I've got this, but, 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 let all those buts go. Ask yourself what you need. Hear it. And let it go. I'm not asking you to solve the problem. I can walk at lunch. I can call my neighbor. That's not what this is about. It's not about solving the problem. It's about asking and hearing and honoring. Yeah, I need to spend the day in bed. I need someone to bring me food. I need to walk in nature. I need to get myself together. I need to move out of overwhelm. That's all I'm asking you to do is to ask and to hear those needs without trying to solve your own problems. But just to be as a loving parent. Oh, honey, I hear. Mm, yes. It's about that place of yes, that place of hearing. That's the first step in parenting your little inner child. Because after all, how many of us as kids were not really heard? How many of us were dismissed? Were you really heard? Were you dismissed? Were you glossed over? Were you told that something isn't realistic? That doesn't make sense. We can't do it. Mommy's got to go to work. Mommy, my daddy has other kids. That money doesn't grow on trees. How are you dismissed? 
And what is the impact that that had on you growing up? How are you continuing to dismiss yourself today? How are you continuing to not hear yourself today? This is what reparenting your inner child is all about. It's about hearing yourself and not dismissing yourself. Notice I didn't say indulge yourself always. It's just about hearing. Step two is a little bit more about action. But step two does not always or necessarily follow step one right away. Sometimes just being heard, just hearing yourself is enough. So right here today, stop, pause, and ask yourself what you really need. Whenever you feel yourself overwhelmed or moving into a place of tearfulness, ruminating on the past, stressing over the future, Just stop, put your hand on your heart, on your belly, and ask yourself what you need and just allow yourself to listen. At a different point in time, move to step two, which is taking care of those needs. Were you taken care of when you were a child? Did your partner take care of you? And now the kind of tough part of that question is, how are you teaching other people to care for you by the way that you care for yourself? Right now, today, how are you teaching, by example, other people how to care for you by the way that you care for yourself. That means you need to be your own best example. How often do you push through when you're tired? How often do you suck it up? Make the best of things? Do without? Now I understand, like I said before, we live in this world where things (laughs) respond like responsibilities and money kind of get in the way. And again, I'm not asking you to go out and charge, you know, millions of dollars on your credit card and to lose your job or to do things like that. But I am asking you to take care of yourself. There is a difference between getting up at night for the sixth time in a row because your child is sick (laughs) and you have to do that for a short period of time and chronically not giving yourself time and space to sleep, to move your body in healthy ways, to read, to relax, to connect with friends. How can you start moving a little bit more I hate to call it self-care because it's not really self-care, but a little bit more respect for yourself and care for yourself into your life. 
Right now, if you go to laurachedle.com slash freebies, F-R-E-E-B-I-E-S, because they're free, you can download your free fetish finder worksheet. And there are instructions on how to use that fetish finder worksheet in my book, Flaunt. Drop your cover and reveal your smart, sexy, and spiritual self. But bottom line, that fetish finder worksheet is literally a worksheet that helps you find space in your everyday life to nurture and care for yourself to meet your own needs. And no, it's not about blocking out an extra, you know, time in the afternoon about getting up an hour early. It has nothing to do with that. It's about overlaying all of those moments of care in your life. It's about meeting your own needs in the moment, in every moment, so you become a priority. So you truly become your first priority. That's that parenting of yourself. When you've got little kids at home and they're crying or they do that high-pitched scream in danger, you drop everything and you care for them in that moment because they've got a need. It's about you meeting your own needs in the moment. Because the sad truth of the matter is when we put off self-care, which we all do, it never happens. That's why people say that you're better off working out first thing in the morning so other things don't get in the way and you don't end up not doing it because you've put everything else ahead of you except you. This is about how to do it in the moment. It's not going to interrupt your job or your kids or your relationship or your whatever it is. It's about caring for yourself in the moment when you have needs. And it's very simple. Sometimes it's just noticing that I'm feeling a little bit headachy. I'm feeling a little bit exhausted. Water is really what I need. Ooh. What would you do if you were caring for a beloved child or pet or partner or anybody and you saw that they were getting a little bit winding down and exhausted and tired? You might bring them water in a beautiful glass with a spritz of lemon in it. And it's going to make them smile and you're, they're going to feel better and you're going to feel better because you've provided them with something, not only that's this, this basic need, but that's sparkly and exciting, lemon water in a really pretty glass. How can you parent yourself in that way? When you're feeling overwhelmed, when your child is about to go into a tantrum, you see that they're overstimulated. You see that a new toy is frustrating them and that they're about to have a tantrum. You intercept. And you intercept in this positive, happy, sparkly, enjoyable way. Oh, honey bun, let's go over here. Look at this. You know, that needs a break. Put the dolly down. Whatever it is, you divert and distract your kids before disaster strikes. You push the glass of milk away from the edge of the table when you see your child is this physical tornado. That's what you're doing for yourself is noticing I'm about to lose it. I'm totally distracted. I can't focus. I'm unhappy. I'm about to lose it. And you divert and you distract yourself in a loving, happy way. Let's go on a walk. Let's call a friend. 
let's just do a couple of big forward bends or a little stretch or let's stand up. Let's put on some beautiful smelling lotion. Brush your hair, brush your teeth. Brushing your teeth is a wonderful, refreshing act. Ask yourself what you need. Go back to some of the things that you heard from yourself. I need more movement. I need better food. I need loving connection. And then if you start spiraling down, but I have no friends, I have no connection. This is where some of that light problem solving comes in. Ooh, I can join a meetup group. Ooh, I can go to the library and see if there's any book clubs or discussion groups happening. This is where that light problem solving happens. Not in the moment of crisis, but in a thoughtful moment. Hmm. Then you have the idea brewing. You don't necessarily have to stop right now and go fix it all. But this is that action step of, how do I care for myself in a fun, enjoyable way in the moment? And then how do I begin problem solving some of these deeper problems? I really want love. Okay, great. Point taken. I'm noticing that. Now I'm pondering. That's that second start step of parenting your inner child is starting to do certain things before the crisis hits. One of the things that I hear time and time again from the women that I work with is they have these recurring thoughts that their day will be going along fine and then all of a sudden they're hit with something and they get tearful and then they get images in their head and they can't let it go, blah, 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 blah. And it starts spiraling. I know I've been there. I can bring up some pretty horrible images around the infidelity at the drop of the hat. And I know that I can do that. I can bring up some pretty painful, gut-wrenching feelings at the drop of the hat, and I know that. So what I need to do is parent myself. If you know your child can fall apart and can start bringing things up, what can you do to help divert, distract, and bring them out in that moment? Not to fully repress it. That's not what this is about. This is about in that moment, what can you do? One of the tools that I have that I tell my people a lot about is creating a laughter journal. It can be a digital journal. It can be a regular journal. It can be, you know, a file, but it's a listing of things that make you happy. It can be images. It can be smells. It can be YouTube clips. It can be movies. It can be books. It can be memories. Write those things down. And when all of a sudden you feel yourself going into a spiral, open up that laughter journal. Hop on the funny cat site on Instagram. And do some things to divert and distract yourself in that moment so you can feel better. Then return to step one. What do I need? What do I need? Listen. Hear yourself. Honor yourself. I need time to grieve. I need to let 
this move through me. I need space and time to not put on a happy face, to not take care of other people, and to not function for a while. I need to be non-functioning. Then, once you have heard that, once you have processed that, could be a day later, it could be a week later, then you can start moving into how, how do I honor that? How can I set up my schedule so that I have a weekend away where I can grieve, a night away where I can watch sad movies, where I can look through photos, and I can freaking fall apart and grieve. And then to actually set that up for yourself without apology. Because that's what nurturing yourself is all about. It's about taking care of yourself. And it doesn't have to be negative. It doesn't have to be, I need time to grieve. I need time to fall apart. Although we all do. It can also be, I really need to connect with myself again. I need time and space to be alone, to ponder to create, whether it's art or crochet or sewing, I need that. And then moving into that step two, how can I parent myself and make that happen? As children, none of us are taken care of perfectly. As parents and partners, none of us take care of others perfectly. And that's okay. If you've experienced betrayal and infidelity, you have absolutely been traumatized. What are your trauma responses? Are you fighting? Are you freezing? Are you flighting? Are you running away? Are you fawning all over your partner and trying to make everything better? Those are all trauma responses. When you recognize hysterical bonding, when you recognize combative, hate-filled behavior, when you recognize I'm shutting down, or when you recognize now I'm just into a new relationship and it's all great, no problem. Stop. Breathe. And reparent yourself. Re parent yourself in that loving way. Be able to say to yourself, Laura, 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 I see what you're doing, honey. It's okay. The way you're responding is normal, but it's not the most healthy option. What do you need? What do you need to feel better? What do you need to move into a place of healing? Hear that. And then at a later time, make the space to do that. I will set up the best party for you. Grieving space for you. Reconnecting to connected place for you. Whatever it is, set it up for yourself at a later time. 
as I said, when we're in that space of trauma, we need to reparent ourselves. Because trauma brings up every single wounding that we have ever had our entire life. And it's not always from our parents. So I want to be clear. It's not that it's, oh, it's all the childhood trauma. It's teenage trauma. It's trauma from teachers. It's trauma from peers. It's trauma from bosses and coworkers. And it's just life trauma. And all we have ever needed in our life is good parenting, good guidance. You don't have to be an actual parent to parent. A mentor is a good parent. Inner child work is literally just going to a place in time where your brain didn't know all that it knows now. So last year, your brain didn't know all that it knows now. Pre-COVID, think about how different the world was pre-COVID. We need to reparent ourselves around COVID because now our brain knows more. So reparenting the inner child is literally reparenting ourselves as we were at a less mature phase. And two years ago, pre-COVID, we were all at a less mature phase. You do that by really hearing and then by taking action whenever you can to create whatever it is that you need, that your inner child needs. And as you start healing yourself from this betrayal trauma, from this infidelity, you will also be healing yourself from the bad boss, from the unfair professor from pure trauma in junior high school, as well as from all of the ways that you were hurt as a child. Instead of fighting, flighting, freezing, or fawning, isn't it time to flaunt? To be who you are in your pain, in your glory, without fear, without apology, and to nurture and to take care of your needs because they are of your needs. Not to judge them, not to criticize them, but just to hear them. I need more fun. I need more structure. I need freaking physical contact. I need to be hugged. I need to grieve. I need to quit putting on such a tough exterior. I need to be soft. I need to toughen up. What do you need? And how are you going to take care of those needs yourself? That's what flaunt is all about. That's what parenting your inner child is all about. Truly hearing, truly being seen, being heard, being understood, and then knowing that those needs will be met. I hear all the time from the women that I work with, from the women that I coach, what if he does it again? What if he cheats again? What if I find out more? My response to a lot of that is 
Does it matter right now? If your partner is an addict, whether it's drugs, alcohol, sex, porn, anything, chances are there will be a relapse. Just like somebody who has cancer, once cured, there's a chance they will go out of remission. There's a chance of that. And there's also a chance that nothing will ever happen again, that the remission will actually be perfect and that they will stay healed and they will be cancer-free. There's a chance somebody will cheat again. There's a chance you will learn more when you thought it was everything. And truly the only thing that matters around that is that you will be able to parent yourself and you will be able to meet your own needs through that because that is truly the fear. Let's strip out of some of those other fears about he, 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 they, they, what somebody else will do. What will you do? What will you do the next time your world falls apart? Because I hate to be the bearer of some bad news, but your world will fall apart. Whether it's through infidelity and betrayal or something else, that's life. People get in car accidents. People get sick. People lose jobs. The world shuts down due to a pandemic. Things happen all too often and your world will fall apart. What matters is how you will choose to meet your own needs. So that's what I want to leave you with today is that question. How will you choose to meet your own needs? How will you parent yourself going forward? Both in the good times and the bad because that's what flaunt is all about. It's about being all of it. It's about the yin and the yang. It's about the black and the white. It's about the receptive and active. It's about all of that. It's about how do you show up in your wholeness and meet your needs in your wholeness. Going back to childhood, because that's what this is all about, is this inner child stuff. Think about it. Were you accepted more as a kid when you were happy and positive? Or when you were sobbing and ugly? Did your parents accept you more, give you more positive feedback when you were positive and happy? Versus when you were ragey and icky and ugly. Most of us have been conditioned to think that we only get love when we're positive and we're happy and we're pleasing others. Most of us had parents who were uncomfortable with ragey, icky ugliness. Who sent us to our room, go to your room until you calm down, don't act like that. Because they didn't know how to hold space for grief. Cheer up, have a Kleenex, be here, be quiet, just hold this. Most of us don't know how to express ugly, icky, grouchy, sad grief. Because our world is so uncomfortable with it. So we don't know how to sit with ourselves in that grief, in that rage. And that's what reparenting ourselves looks like now. That's what inner child work looks like now. 
Being able to love ourselves and parent ourselves and hold space for icky, ugly, and not metaphorically tell ourselves to go to our own room and to show up when we're better. That's what being seen and being heard is all about. To see yourself and to try to be as comfortable as you can in your own devastation, in your own grief, in your own rage, because you don't have to get better. You don't have to look a certain way to love yourself. You need to love and parent all parts of yourself. What do you need? And how are you going to give it to yourself? See yourself. Hear yourself. Honor yourself. And then as that loving parent, make space for yourself. And then move into all of those must-dos in life. But with a continued awareness of what it is that you need in every moment and how you can meet those needs. Hand on your heart. Hands on your belly. Trust. No matter what happens on this journey going forward, if you know that you can meet your own needs, truly, nothing else matters. If you know you can flaunt to yourself the good, the bad, the ugly, and everything in between, then you will be able to meet any challenge that comes up. And you will finally be able to live and love and enjoy this life. Please join me on December 19th from 5 to 7 Mountain for my Sparkle All Season Holiday Party. Wear something sparkly but comfortable because you bet we're going to do some movement. Register at sparkleallseason.com. I can't wait to see you there. And as usual, always remember to flaunt exactly who you are because who you are is always more than enough. Tune in next time to Flaunt. Find your sparkle and create a life you love after infidelity or betrayal with radio host and live choreographer Laura Cheadle every Wednesday at 7 a.m. and 7 p.m. Eastern Time on syndicated Dream Vision 7 Radio Network. Develop naked self-worth and reclaim your confidence, enthusiasm, and joy so you can create a life you love and embrace who you are today. Download your free Sparkle Through Betrayal Recovery Guide at NakedSelfWorth.com. 